I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family. Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk, and I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the Royal Cart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs, and I have Lori today. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing good. There you go with the ma'am. Oh, see, and I thought about it, because I'm like, Lori, I was about to say Miss Lori. She, she told me don't say Miss Lori, because she don't want to sound like nobody grandma, and then I said, how you doing, ma'am? That just already put it back in, I don't know, you her say, Okay, so you could just say Lori, you could, because I'm not, technically I'm not married anymore, so you could just say Lori Holmes, because that's my maiden name, Wheaton okay. is my married name. Okay, we're gonna go with Lori. On the on the on the notes, it's gonna say Lori Holmes. <laughs> it's gonna say that. Okay. Um, how, are you doing, how are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. How about you? Um, I'm doing all right. I I ain't gonna lie. I, I was I'm tired. I I had fell asleep <laughs> earlier. Um, didn't realize that I fell asleep. I was like, oh, okay, let me get up because I got to do this recording. So I definitely um I'm going to sleep. I'm not even gonna watch the game tonight. I'm going straight to sleep after we finish this. So. Okay, yeah. I hear that. Yeah. So before we get into today's conversation, today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Christian Dewan. That's positive energy through your clothing. And that's my personal clothing brand, me and my son. We sell T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies for everybody. Your nephew, your niece, your grandma, your auntie, your mama, you. Whoever it is, we got it for everybody. It's just different sayings on shirts that some some of them are stuff that you think, but you wouldn't say out loud. And some of them are definitely positive because uh, it's for children, too. So use the promo code underdog talk and underdog is spelled U-N-D-E-R-D-A-W-G talk and you get 15 percent off. And the website is ChristianDewan.com. So we're going to get into today's conversation. We're going to start off with um, the mental health of being an educator. And I'm a gentleman, and I, I will let the lady, I don't, I ain't going to, the young lady go first. And when we were speaking about, uh, you know, the mental health, because we're both uh, educators, but we're on different levels. She's um, college, I'm elementary. Uh, so, we're both on different spectrums. So go ahead, um, Miss. Uh, I mean, Lori, go ahead. Okay. So, when, you know, when I think about the mental health concern, you know, when the pandemic hit, it really was a game changer because myself and a lot of my um, colleagues, we had no experience teaching virtually. You know, I'm I'm a brick and mortar teacher. My my training is, you know, I was taught how to teach in person. And so when the pandemic struck and we were told that we had to now take our in-person classes and turn it into turn them into virtual classes with literally I, I don't know if we got 
four hours of training. But the expectation was, was that our classes virtually needed to look like what they look like in person. Impossible. So in addition to dealing with all that came with being on lockdown in a very scary time because people were like dying from, you know, COVID. So dealing with that and then now having to teach and also having to deal with the mental health of my students. So I got to deal with my mental health. I got to deal with the mental health of my students. And I have administration breathing down my back. And I have to juggle all of this. And I'm also a mom, right? So I have my own children that I'm concerned about, even though they're adults, but still. Um, so it was, it was a lot. It was, it was really, really a lot. And I don't think that administration, I can speak for the administration where I work. I don't think that administration really realized how much of a toll it took on our mental health. Like, wasn't nobody trying to give us any services or anything like that. So it was basically you teach, you get through it, by any means necessary. <laughs> so that's how it went down for me. So I don't know if, you're, if, you're, if your experience was similar or. Yeah. So with me, I had just started teaching this, like, I think, so pandemic in 19. So I was like two or three years in. Mm -hmm. And so then the pandemic hit and I, at the time I'm teaching special needs, a special mm -hmm. education. So uh, a lot of my students didn't really get online. So when it came to that part, but just from them going to school, then, oh, they come back months later, then not being in school, it was definitely rough on them because their routine and, you know, throwing off the routine and then definitely um being a parent my son was with me i think a lot more during that because you know i was you know his mom worked i kind of worked but i still he could still come to school with me because i was at the school but there was no students mm -hmm. so just making sure he got on there and he's he's in first grade so it's like okay i'm teaching or doing my stuff and then trying to help him and he only in first grade mm -hmm. he kind of like uh, he'd be quiet like i used to walk over there he'd be asleep like, man, what are you doing? And he knew, like, I couldn't really check on him like that. So he like, man, I'm going to go to sleep. Or he be he talking to his friends on the Zoom, like, stuff he ain't supposed to do. And I'm like, I couldn't really be upset. So definitely the mental health, especially working with autistic children or special needs children, is definitely um, challenging on the brain because it's mental every day. Like, you got to understand sometimes it's not even about education. It's about winning the day. Mm -hmm. Like You just, you just got to win that day. Like you can't get your butt kicked, not literally, but you can't let them kick your butt today and you get through it and nobody gets anything happened to them or anything of that sort. So it definitely was challenging with COVID. And um, I think it was, it was new, especially uh, with me, like being, you know, kind of like really getting in my groove and really like understanding the, you know, my classroom and all that. And then boom, here comes COVID. 
And then being at home, then it's like, okay, I'm used to being with people every single day. Now I'm at home by myself, like mm-hmm. tolling on the on the brain. But for me personally, I got uh, I got to know me more. Mm. So uh, I was like watching stuff that I actually wanted to watch. I was binge watching. I was like working out. I was doing like all the routine. I had nothing else to do. Where else was I going? Mm-hmm. No. Then um, I started a business, and just just me personally, I was able to find myself, and that helped with my mental health. Um, and because you gotta work on your mental health, and I think th- at that point, I kind of was like really, I, I, I'm a speaker too, so I'm kind of like personal development, but understanding mental how important mental health is, and that's when I really was on it because. COVID was definitely crazy. My mom, um, I'll let you speak in, a se- in just a second. My mm-hmm. mom, her uh, husband passed away. So just being, have to be there for my mom in the middle of the school year, um, you know, definitely was like, it's definitely challenging. I'm the man that, you know, I've kind of always been the man in the house. Her and her husband got married later as I was an adult. So it's like, I got to turn into, I got to go home, got to make sure, you know, my mom's okay. And then come back and, and make sure the kids are okay. So it's definitely, uh was challenging but it's also it was also um possible to get through without necessarily um getting professional help so mm-hmm. um so for you what the what are the things that you did for your mental health or did you have any like struggles during that time frame um uh, so I, my, most of my struggles revolved around just not liking to teach in the virtual environment. Like I absolutely hated it. I was used to teaching in front of my students. I'm used to standing in front of the classroom, walking around the classroom, engaging students. And when we had to teach in the virtual environment, we no longer had, to, you know, I wasn't doing that. And then on top of that, it wasn't required that we turned on our audio and it had to do with, some, I don't know, it's like liability, confidentiality stuff. So we didn't have to turn on our um, audio and I mean, on our video and neither did the students. So like you literally talking to a screen. So I had to get it in my head that, okay, so this is the landscape that we're dealing with right now. So you're either going to adapt or, you know, you're going to wind up laying in your bed in the fetal position all day upset because of what we're going through. So one of the things that I did is I never stopped working out. I never stopped working out. Even though the gym was closed, I still, where I live at in my development, they have like an area that's kind of like like you could use it like a track and you can like walk or run around the track. I have weights in my house. I have kettlebells and stuff like that. I would go on long ex- extended walks with my daughter. So working out and also doing some yoga in my house, that really helped to maintain my sanity. Mm. Big time. No, I, I love that because sometimes because some people during that time frame, like, stop working out. It was mm-hmm. either you was a super health person or you was just like, oh, I'm chilling. I ain't got nowhere to go. Like, I'm eating snacks. I'm binge watching TV. <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm big chilling. Like, it, mm-hmm. we can't go where 
So that def I, I think I didn't necessarily like go to the gym or walk, but I definitely was hitting my sit ups more. I was definitely doing push ups, doing different stuff, um, a lot more drinking more water. So and actually like making little smoothies and eating a little bit healthier um during that time frame. So mm-hmm. um outside of uh, so I definitely so when you said virtual before I get to where I was going, virtual. So imagine getting online with mm-hmm. autistic children. I can't you, imagine that. I can't even imagine that. Mm-hmm. And, and you teach them, and you're trying to teach them. Mm-hmm. They can't there, but it's it's a struggle. Oh, it was a struggle. But I did have one kid, and um, like I, his mom definitely kudos to his mom, um, because he grew through COVID. Like he was, uh, I think in kindergarten when, um, right before COVID and then, you know, that year of COVID, he was a first grader and mm-hmm. he didn't ver- a verbal or none of that. And it's the craziest thing. His mom did not want him to work with anybody else but me. And I was just a teacher assistant. Like I mm-hmm. was just, but he was a big little kid and, you know, it took a man to kind of like, get him, you know, stay with him and all that. And she was like, she wanted me to be his teacher. And mm-hmm. so that was like a struggle on my mental. Like just like he was the only kid every day consistently that got on, but it was a struggle. But then it got to the point where it wasn't a struggle anymore because his mom was involved. And I think we'll get to like the students later, but parents being involved definitely helped during mm. COVID because, um, you know, she had to do all the stuff at the house. She had little activities and stuff, and she was like, "Yeah, we, you know, we've been working, and like he's having verbal conversation, kind of like he's answering stuff." He actually said my name, and that's like, "Bro, you ain't never, never. We didn't been in class. You didn't went to war with me. You didn't beat me up. You didn't did all this stuff. I ain't never heard you say my name." Mm. And he was like, "Good morning," and all that, and it was because of the mom's participation. So sometimes. Like in that situation, not even just COVID because we're past COVID. Well, we, who knows what's going on? But anyways, like parents have to be involved to help with that teacher. Because when there's parents involved, it, it gives us less stress of like, okay, I got to deal with him. Like, he didn't went home and he just didn't whatever. He come back to school. Like parents, I don't think parents understand. Like when we send the kids back to y'all, y'all got to have some type of structure. Because when they come back, it's like a whole new day. So, so let me you. let me ask you this. So so were would you say that the parents overall were supportive and helpful or were they more combative? Because I I've read about you know instances and I've seen instances where the parents, instead of being helpful, it was almost like they were going to war with the teachers. Um I would say most of them were supportive because they understood, like, without them, their kid wouldn't be able to do anything, like, mm-hmm. online. Um, now, there was, like, a couple students that could get online or at least their parents set them up and their parents would go away. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, we really not learned anything because the kid just sitting there like, hmm, I don't have to say nothing. So it was like some parents were were with it. Some parents just wasn't with it. It's like, but they didn't understand this is helping their kids. So, so um Definitely, uh, so I have an instance where a, a teacher's mental health was definitely at, like, the worst, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a student, because I did uh, summer school, and this is this has to do with a parent, too. So this particular student, 
bad as hell. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like bad, like you know, she just bad as hell. And I had her all summer. Had her all the. She was in the summer school, my summer school class. I was a, a aide in a in a class, and she was in there. And so I knew her throughout the regular school year, and I'm like, shorty, bad. So um, they forgot to. This new school year came up. They forgot to put the teacher forgot to put her Zoom on mute. And oh was talking, Lord. Talking bad about the little girl. Oh and boy. She definitely was wrong to have the the you know what she said wasn't necessarily wrong, but then the mom, oh, and try to make it racial because the teacher was white. I'm like, no, your kids is bad and you didn't never participate. You never help. You mm. always oh well, y'all trying to do this to my kid. No, sometimes parents make that mental health for a teacher worse. Mm-hmm. It ain't even the kid, it's the parent. Like you Absolutely. said, they get back like, oh, and, or if the kid bad, the parent come up there cussing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you think little Timmy get it from? You, hey. <laughs> uh, he came up there and cussed us out right in front of him. Why do you think he cussed us out every day? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So for you now, as like we're, you know, we're still in education and how is the mental health after coming back to coming back? Hey, it's normal back to normal how how was it then like the change or not if not just yourself just you know teachers around you like what what was that change to go back from that virtual like i don't know what the hell i'm doing here and now it's like oh ooh, i get to be back to being myself and i know it's kind of different um especially with us having to wear masks for the longest of time mm. that was, yeah that, yeah yeah definitely so how is that for for you and now that COVID's over and we're out of the mask, but we still, you know, who knows, COVID, it might come back around or whatever. But how is the mental health for you? So right right now, right, um, like I know in New York, we are at, we went from orange to red. So COVID is still like a big threat for us in, in New York. Um, I'm currently teaching one class on campus. And I teach the other classes, I'm still virtual. And it was really, it was really weird going back into the classroom after two years. Like I kind of felt a little bit like a fish out of water, but you know, I, I got with, I got with the program real quick. Um, and, I, and I'm lucky because the, the class I'm teaching, I like the students is only nine, not eight or nine of them. So that's fine. Um, but I, I'm definitely feeling much, much better, like overall. And probably about a year ago, I decided not just for COVID reasons, but because I was experiencing some challenges, like in my um, relationship, my significant relationship. And I decided that I would go back into therapy. And it was the best thing that I ever could do. I found me a therapist. She's a black woman. She, you know, she can relate. She, um, I just, I find myself, I've grown by leaps and bounds while seeing her. And it has definitely helped me be a better educator. Um, so I'm a big advocate of, of therapy. I don't know who your target audience is, but I know that oftentimes in the black community, you know, people frown upon therapy. It's very stigmatized. You know, oh, that's not something that black people do. Only white people go to therapy. 
therapy can be a game changer. Good therapy. So um, I, I certainly am an advocate of good therapy. And that, that really helped me. So right now, I feel like I'm in a good, um, I'm in a good place. Uh, yeah. I, my bad, but um, I I love it. I didn't mean I I mean a cough, but uh, I love it um because I am an advocate for um therapy. Like I have a counselor, um, and it's definitely been game changing. Like to be able to who and let your hair down and then mm-hmm. get like nobody judging you. They giving you like a different perspective to look at it a, like a certain way. It's like. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. And it is definitely helpful. So for me, coming out of COVID, um they were on on, on straight. I, I like I cut sometimes, so uh don't don't mind me. They was on straight bullshit. Like for uh-huh. real with the, it's like, hold on, y'all want us to do all this and y'all can't give us no more money. So mm. this, this this the bullshit of the, the bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I, I go, I get a better job. But I'm teaching younger kids, and not too. I got a couple autistic children, but not too many. Like really, one that's like on the spectrum of my kids that I was in. So as soon as I leave, you know, they take some months and all that. The administrator or the superintendent leave. Now, 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 Joker's getting getting good pay. I'm like, so oh, y'all gonna do that after I leave, right? That's cool. That's cool. Wow. Anyway, so that. Like just the struggle of the, you know the money because you know if we're not there being a t- teacher's assistant we're not there we don't get paid right it's like man that's messing with the mental you know it's like how do I gotta get another job he really can't get another job because of COVID that's why I came you know that's why I got my business because I'm like I gotta make some money somehow these bills these bills don't care about a COVID you mm-hmm. know I did but they didn't and they like uh well we really don't care about that good old COVID so then. Being a, a preschool teacher, um, definitely mental health wise, mm-hmm. counselor, you need a getaway. You need to be able to have mental health days because they're very important. Because there's nothing wrong with little kids, but they just, they just little kids. I really don't exactly. want to, not bad. They're just little kids. Some of them cry. I got a couple kids, mm, they just, I'd be like, what? Why? Why are you crying? Like, and just on the mental, like you could go, like, could just think about being a parent and your kids just cutting up. Just imagine you having a house full of all the kids cutting up, and you like, okay, I'm supposed to, I'm, I want to whoop all you jokers. I can't whoop you, you know. It's like, <laughs> it, it, like on the mental health note, like I definitely take mental mental health days. I definitely mm-hmm. like on the weekends sometimes. Like, I'm not doing jack. I'm yep. just gonna chill. And it's needed. And sometimes, you know, when you're trying to build a brand and you're trying to be a full-time entrepreneur, like, I got to grind, grind, grind. But it's like, no, no, you need to sit down because you ain't going to be right. Get some sleep. Like, different different things that you want to do as an educator. And and we're we're not just talking to educators, anybody, but we're both educators. So, like, we understand. Like, get you a counselor. Like, Mm -hmm. it's going to help you in the long run. Cause you don't want to be one of them. You don't want to be one of them people that all, all you talk about is school. That's all you got. That's all you got is or how how bad your classes or how good you know. All you talk about is the school because you don't have anything outside of that. Like I think some teachers, some educators, that's all they have. Yeah. It's just that life, and it's like no, 
there's more to life than that. Go on vacation. Like, it's especially hard when you have kids because you get off work and then you like, they're like, hey, and you know your kid's about to cut up. Like, you know they about to, they just know, they they like, yeah, mom, dad's home. Yeah, it's time to cut up. And it's like, I didn't deal with jokers all day. I definitely don't feel like dealing with you. So, <laughs> I, being a parent, how does that, like, you know, you got your students, then you come home. Does that take a toll or did you have some, some type of a structure that you understood, like, or your kids understood, like, all right, mom needs an hour, mom needs whatever, or how did that, that part of it go? Because that, that definitely is um, challenging being an educator and having children, especially if you got children, like, the same age as yours, if you got younger children, oh, yes, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Well, thank goodness my kids, my, my, I have a 26-year-old son, he doesn't even live with me, he lives upstate where he went to I'm undergrad and graduate school, so he's up there doing his thing. And my daughter is 23. So I have to deal with none of that because everybody grown. So people take care of themselves. You know, of course, I'm man, I'm mom. I still, you know, going to do some things. But thank goodness, I can't even imagine having to deal all day online with students. And then now I got to come home and put on my mommy hat. Didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do that. One of the things I must say about, you know, this whole virtual thing is that I literally went on vacation <laughs> numerous times. And the fact that I'm teaching virtually, I could just take my laptop wherever. So uh, at one point I was in Vegas. I had my laptop. So only thing I had to do was account for the time difference. Right. Then another time I was in Florida. Then another time I was in Cabo in Mexico. I was in Virginia. So me and my handy dandy trusty laptop was able to go on vacation, still do my work, and I was chilling. It was wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) All you had to do was put on a nice shirt. Not even, not even, because remember I said that we 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 never had to turn on our camera. Oh, oh lucky you! So I could uh, be sitting there, I could be sitting there teaching in a bathing suit, and nobody would ever know. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I, I just want to get back to something. So your children are twenty six and twenty three. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't want to say ma'am, but ma'am, you are you, you kind of somewhere in that ma'am conversation because i'm only 36 so i know if you got children a little younger than me you could be my mom's age or you could be somewhere or, in there or 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 i could have had my son when i was 18 yeah you still ma'am though you could be a grandma <laughs> like he could call you and be like hey you get that call from either one of your kids like hey uh you gonna be a granny so like yeah i didn't want to like I didn't want to have to go back there, but I was sitting there now. I, 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 I see why she said that. She didn't want to speak that into existence of grannyhood. I, I get it. I get it. I understand. I, I totally understand. That's um, definitely, like I said earlier, when I, like my son's with me and he's doing virtual and I'm trying to, and he say he got a question. I got to go over there, hurry up, help him while I'm doing. So luckily, like it wasn't too bad. Um, where he had his own computer, like, in my classroom. 
So we didn't even use his like tablet from school because it was too like and we'd have to use his tablet from school. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. He probably wouldn't even he might not have done nothing because his tablet was messing up. It was it was challenging. It was it was challenging as a parent to like get that and make sure I'm doing my work. And it's like, okay, I'm an educator. You might not be online, but I got some work for you to do. Like I wouldn't just let him not do work. But so it was me, very go ahead. Me, so at the height of the pandemic, you you had to be on site teaching or you were teaching from home? No, no. no. So at the like it shut down. I remember it shut down. We shut down for months. Mm-hmm. But then when it was virtual, when like they were like, Yeah, yeah. So when it was virtual, we were at we would go into the we had to go in and we had to wear our masks and all that so yeah when school went back and it was virtual i wasn't at home nobody was at home our our whole school i mean some people were you know hey i'm you know i can't come in or whatever but most people were at uh at the school like we were virtual we had to wear our mask and stuff so i you know we were they were we were able to bring our children but then like he doesn't he wasn't in the same district as or the same township as me where i work so he it wasn't like i could just get a tablet from the library and it'll connect um, okay. so it's a it's a whole nother uh thing and like for some parents it was challenging um just being able to do that like so right. i understand uh you gotta work you're working from home and you got a little man man mommy 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 help me daddy hey hey mm-hmm, it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, hold on i gotta get this work so it's like definitely for parents don't even now like you say there's still some schools that's virtual um um so it's definitely challenging it's definitely challenging when you're on a computer all day long that that's draining your your mental mm-hmm. and then i mean you got kids and you got to be a mom you got to be a dad oh don't let you be married you got to be a husband and a wife right after that <laughs> oh yeah it's a lot going on absolutely educator. and i think <clears throat> one thing i want to say educators don't get paid enough like we yeah. deal with it's Anybody that signed a check, y'all kids, because y'all ki- y'all had kids and they went to school. We deal with y'all kids every day, all day, every mood, in good, bad, ups and downs, and they don't want to pay us, Jack. The one thing mm-hmm. that I think about it, what happened? The man went to school. Can't no teacher have no gun on him. We right. can't protect ourselves. So if something like that happened, we got to just figure it out. Yeah. Listen. I, uh, I, this is what I said. I told uh, people I work with, I said, I'm going to pray. And if God say, hey, say the people, I'm saving the people. But if he don't say, say the people, if your child don't come with me, mm-hmm. I, I ain't saying this. Hey, I, I, hopefully we all get out. But it's like, you know, I got to think about myself as well. And that's kind of hard as an educator. Like, I can't leave all my kids, but what about my kids? Right. Absolutely. So, and, so pay us more, like this, just a little bit, just a little mm. bit, you know, just a little bit. That's all we ask for. Maybe give us like free health care, some, some, some type of benefit that don't got to do with uh some snacks or pizza. We don't care about all that. We can buy our own snacks and pizza and okay. and yeah, all that. I'll, so, I'll, go ahead. I'll I'll take mines and money. I I don't need any, you know, any like you know perks or whatever other than money. And, and what's really interesting, and I think what the, the pandemic has sort of um, highlighted, 
is the fact that uh, there were a lot of teachers pre-COVID who were fed up and teachers are leaving the teaching profession by the hundreds every day. Mm -hmm. It is a thankless job. Like you said, we don't get compensated fairly. I want to be paid what I'm worth. Period. Right? And so we're going to turn around and in a couple of years, there's going to be such a teacher shortage and the teacher shortage is going to be in areas where teachers are needed the most. Inner city areas, rural areas. Those are going to be the areas where there are not going to be any teachers. I used to also teach, I taught for a year at a private school in New York where parents paid anywhere between thirty-five dollars to $45,000 a year for their kids to attend school. Mm. Right? And even though there, were, there was a lot of stuff with that, there was a lot of stuff with that, right? Because for the most part, the faculty and the students were white and wealthy, right? The students and their parents, wealthy. So you have to deal with stuff that's connected to that. You know, um, but one thing that I must say is that in terms of pay and in terms of like perks and benefits, you you get a lot of perks and benefits and better pay when you work in this. I'm speaking for New York when you work in the private school setting. But the trade off is, is that you have to deal with these privileged kids and their privileged parents. And you know what I mean when I say that. <laughs> oh, I definitely do. Uh, definitely do. And yeah, I, I definitely understand it. And like you, like you said, I, I feel this, how I feel. I feel like there'll, there'll be schools, but it's going to be different kind of schools. Cause mm -hmm. like once you teach your kid, the kids how to read and write, a lot of that stuff that in schools don't really help them, don't really matter. Not saying that there's certain professions that their kids going to have to go for the education, but like teaching about credit, teaching about different stuff, life skills that mm -hmm. they need. So I think that I actually want a school one day that has those different things in there. And hopefully I will be able to live that long and be able to um, actually have that into um, an existence. Because I want to be a, I wanted to look school to look different. I didn't like school. I'm mm. like, I don't. That's the craziest thing. I'm an educator. I didn't like school. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Like I'm here because I want to make people laugh, and I like and I like the girls here. Like you know, I could write my name, and I knew how to you know listen and read read skim through the chapters and pass the test. But it's like none of this stuff mattered. Like mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that I went to school for, besides reading and writing, I can't think of a lot of it that really matters in the profession that I'm in. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like I, I want, and I don't not just me. I'm sure it's, it's more people out there that it's going to be different kinds of schools. It's going to be schools where, when you're done, you ain't got to go get a four year degree. You 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 could have made a couple million going through the school because they didn't taught you these different courses, and now you know how to do X, Y, and Z. And I think uh, a lot of the older or seasoned, I ain't going to say older because I just did a podcast and I said I'm not going to say older, but seasoned um, seasoned um, people 
they like, oh, got to go to school and you got to do this. It's like, no, you don't got to go to school no more. You don't got to go to college no more, like, to be successful. Like, maybe back in the day you had to, but now you don't. And I think um, that's where I want to get into um, the students' mental health. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's kids that think like I think right now. There's kids that thought like I thought. And it's like they have the pressure of their parents or, oh, baby, you're going to be the first one in our family to go to college. I don't want to go to college. So what do you think as educators we can do or as parents what we can do to help children besides counseling because counseling is definitely important, definitely is helpful. But what can we do to help students with their mental health? Wow. As an educator, I think that you know, we, we need more mental health clinicians in schools. There, there was a time, because see, I'm a teacher, right? Like, you know, I have a master's in, in public health and my experiences in teaching. So I'm not a mental health clinician. So, you know, and, and I don't propose to act like I'm one. So I think that schools need to make sure that they make available mental health professionals in schools. It's, it's, it's insane to me that you have schools that sit in communities where there's a lot of needs, mental health needs, physical health needs, social needs around poverty and, and homelessness and, you know, food insecurity, all types. These, these kids come to school with so much on their plate and then we get mad at them when they don't rise to the occasion and score high on tests well excuse me how about if we support our kids how about if we have in the schools we have mental health clinicians we have mental health practitioners that can help these kids. as a teacher i can empathize I can, I can be kind, I can be loving to my students, but I cannot help them with their mental health issues because I'm not trained to do so. So I would, I would rather not open up that can of worms and do more harm than good to my students. Yeah, I, when you were saying all that, I was really thinking, because I watched this movie the other day, Lean On Me, and like mm. the, like the kids, like if you look at the students, they had all jacked up lives. Yeah, all jacked up, and y'all like, oh, y'all gotta go do this test, bro. I'm worried about what I'm gonna eat today, and y'all want me to go take a test. I'm not exactly. worried about, not worried about that because until you're like an educator, you don't really see how kids struggle. There, some some kids only meal at school. That's right. And when, like you said that, and I think. What you said is very important to get that in schools. Um, but I'm kind of like, I'm, I've had a mentor program in, in the elementary school. So I definitely like, I'm not a mental health specialist, but it's like just being there to talk to the kids, I think, and showing them that you care. Because I think sometimes I, you got to show kids you're human. Oh, like, absolutely. And, uh, and when you show them that, they'll open up. And then that's where like, so it's kind of like, you know, you get a student, they come and now they open up. Now, you know, oh, OK, I need to send you over here to the mental health specialist. Mm -hmm, you, you're mm -hmm. going through it. 
And, right. and and it's not like you're saying, I, and I'm sure you're not saying like, oh, I'm not going to help you. No, no. But if oh. there was professionals, it would be much better because then now they got to trust in me that, oh, this this person going to help help you out. They're going to be like, hey, if you're going through something, you know, Miss Miss uh Miss Lori Miss Lori gonna help you out. Mister Eric gonna help you out. He gonna send you, you know, and that's where um we help the children. Right. But sometimes there's some jackass teachers, mm-hmm. like they just dare and they just jackasses, and they yeah. like, oh, why the kids ain't? You know why? Because you 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 they teacher. They feed off your energy. They don't like you, and when kids don't like you, they gonna cut up. They don't care who around, what's going on. Like people don't realize. Like sometimes it's the teacher that that gives the kids that uh that bad energy, and kids just feed off of it. And exactly. So if I'm so if I'm if I'm a teacher, right, and if I, and if I don't like my students, they know that they like you said they pick up on the energy that the teacher. Because as a teacher, I feel like I'm a mirror to my students. So whatever I put out there. I'm going to get back. So if my students know that I don't like, I don't like them and I, I truly don't like them, then guess what? Right. Then they're not going to like me either. And so how is good education going to take place? How are these students going to trust me? Because they know that deep down inside, I don't like your kind. Right. And I'm keeping it a hundred. Like I've worked in school settings where, you know, the student body is, predominantly or all black and Hispanic and the majority of the teachers are not and they make it very clear that they don't like the students nor do they like their kind so if I if I'm a student and I know that you don't like my kind then what are we doing and nobody challenges these teachers on their bullshit Exactly. <laughs> and this is, so I'm not, I don't have no kind of background education when it comes to school. Nothing. I just lucked up and got, got passed the test to be in the school system. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure the kids will, you can, their parents will tell you, the kids love me. It don't matter what school, what age group, wherever I'm at, it's because um, they know I care. They They might like, I'm sure some of the parents be like, I don't really know if he really teaching, if he, what he going, what, you know, they be kind of skeptical, but once they, all their kids talking about is Mr. Eric or, or Mr. Jones, depending on whatever school I was at, like, mm-hmm. they like, okay, he's a cool dude. Like, my kids really mess with you. So, like, then that's where it's on me to, to understand, okay, the kids love me. Now I got to figure out how to really educate these little jokers because I don't, I don't, I, I just don't want a kid to leave my class and be like, oh, Mr. Eric was a cool teacher, but what did you learn? Oh, mm. nothing. No, I want you to learn something from me. So mm-hmm. I also, like, we do affirmations in my class. I, like I said, I'm a preschool teacher. I'm teaching them early. Like, say something positive in the morning to yourself. Mm. Like, and, like, when it comes to situations, I really break it down. Like, I, I talk to them at their level, but I break it down to them like I would my son. I ain't never baby talk my son. From the day I brought them home from the hospital, and I don't do it with my students. It's like if they ask me, and it's not a dumb question, but you people understand what I'm saying. You kids ask silly questions. Mm-hmm. I answer them with a silly answer, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that yeah." 
like one kid yet the other day. We had lunch. What are you eating there, Mr. Eric? Um, what does it look like, sir? <laughs> uh, chips. Oh, then that's what I'm eating. And it just like, you know, helping them correct so they can have that common sense or just to be able to talk. Like I want kids to be like, what's wrong? I, hey, come nope, come here. What's wrong? Who mm-hmm. did it? What's wrong? Like, nope. We're not crying because crying. I try to tell kids, crying don't fix nothing. Like, unless you hurt and something, you're like in pain and crying. But if you just whining, that's not going to fix nothing. Explain to me what happened. Mm -hmm. If somebody do something to you and that's helping them in the long run so they can articulate themselves Mm -hmm. to a parent, anybody like what's what's going on with you? And I don't think enough times because I know as a kid, I used to get a whooping first and then the questions was asked later. It wasn't no What's wrong? What what happened today? Did you have a rough day at school? They ain't never get asked that. I, hey, uh, the reason I was cutting up, little Billy was bullying me. You know, uh, I dropped my lunch. You know, the teacher was being kind of an a-hole today. Like, yeah, I did have a checked up day. Sorry, my behavior bad. Uh, can I get, can I not get a whip? That's, that's kind of how it was. And right. now with my, with my son and even his, uh, like his sister is my daughter. And like she's older, she's a teenager, so you know you get. I gotta approach her different than. Mm-hmm. And just being a parent, I want people to hear what I'm saying from being a parent and an educator. Like you gotta talk to your children. You gotta let absolutely. Them talk to you. you gotta let them open up. So, um, what I wanna, cause I think I was talking a little bit. I wanna give you a little talking. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Because this has been a good conversation from both angles. Absolutely. Uh, only thing, I'm just jealous because you got like older kids and you don't got to deal with that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not really a fan favorite of that. But I don't know. I'm not ready for older kid, grown kids yet because I'm a grown kid and I understand grown kids still need their parents <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. That's for sure. Now, uh, so what are, now we're going to go into the three tips because I think you can elaborate really on like three tips. Uh, I would say we're going to stick with educators. Like what are three, we, we're going to stick with uh, three tips that educators can do to help their mental health. Something they can do at home, something they can do at the office, you know, at the desk, whatever. What are some things that you think would help them with their mental health just to kind of ease it a little bit outside of having, you know, a counselor. Right. So, so you mean, so the things that educators could do for their own mental health, not students. Yep, for educate. Yep, we're going we gonna to get, we're going to piggyback and go back to the educators just because uh, I think some of them, sometimes um, they overlook little stuff that they can do to help them. Right. So the first thing I would say, and, and I know that, um, People hear or people talking a lot about self-care and, you know, sometimes words get overused. It's like, oh, self-care, self-care, self-care. But I actually believe in self-care I be, and, you know, how people define self-care, you know, is, is subjective. Right. But I believe, you know, a lot of self-care. So it could be, you know, like the small things. I know that a lot of um, like so for people who might be into working now, now that, you know, the gyms are back open going to the gym, you know, um, taking that time for yourself, getting, you know, your, your mani-pedis or, 
you know, massages, if you can afford them. We already said that teachers are some of the most underpaid professionals on the planet, you know, so trying to squeeze in those things like that could be, you know, challenging monetarily. Um, teachers connecting with other teachers. You know, I, I'm on a bunch of websites, not like officially, but like, you know, there's these different websites where teachers talk to other teachers and and help validate each other. Because people that's outside of the profession, sometimes I think they think that we make all this stuff up. Oh, you're making it up. It's not that hard. You get summers off. What's the problem? It's like, well, what's the, what's the point of me getting summers off if the entire summer I'm like recuperating from the, the school year. So it's like, what are you talking about? We get summers off. Um, like you had mentioned, you know, um, you know, any type of positive self-talk, affirmations, being out in nature, you know, all of those, those things, spending time with friends and family, um, sometimes a good binge watch, ain't nothing wrong with that, a good binge watch on Netflix. Um, whatever you can do that helps you feel better. That's what mm. I, you know, I'm a big advocate for that. Okay. So yeah, that's what I would say. I, I, I love it. You said do what helps you make, what helps make you feel better. And I think, um, people don't realize the little stuff that we do. Like today I, I went to the store and I was upset because they didn't have any butter pecan. Like mm. I wanted to just, yeah, they ain't had no butter pecan ice cream. And I'm like, man, I just want some butter pecan that really would have like, just made me have a better day. Like, you know what I'm saying? That mm -hmm. little, and I didn't have it. And I was like, ah, maybe it wasn't. And I didn't look at it like, oh man, blah, blah, blah. I was like, maybe it wasn't meant for me to get it. But I wanted it, and I mm -hmm. wanted to, like, you know, and, like, sometimes I sit back and I watch a movie, and it's like, ah, it's a good movie. You know, sometimes, you know, I'll try a new movie because I'm not a big movie person. I fall asleep on movies. So if I try a new movie, <laughs> I got to be up. So, I, you know, try a new movie or uh, listen to some different music. Uh, one thing, uh, journaling. Journal. Mm. Absolutely, write, yes. Write down, um, write down stuff. Write down how you're feeling. Write down why you felt this way because you could go back and look at that notebook and be like, oh, I remember I felt like that. Um, what day was that? Oh, and then you can look and then you can figure out different things that you can um, do to not you know, feel that way because yes. like you, you want to be a better yourself. So, we're going to do a, this the first time I got a three, a two part, three tip. We're going to do what's three tips for uh, students. What are we, from our perspective, from our, uh, you know, from our seat, what do we think that they can do to, um, for their mental health? Um, uh, you know, I would definitely suggest a lot of the same things, you know, a student might not have the same resources that, you know, an educator might have. Um, but I tell my students, because I do have students who are struggling, you know, I tell them when you're going through something, you you, you got to speak up. You, you have to let someone know that this is how you are feeling. And then we will do our best 
to try to connect you to resources. I also tell them, take some time for yourself. I have students, I mentioned before how a lot of my students would be considered non-traditional students. Many of them, they have kids of their own, they're working. I have students who have been out of the school game for like years and now here they come back at 30 or 40 because they're trying to get a promotion at work or something like that. So, you know, I tell them as well, take some time for yourself and communicate with me. I, I will not know that you are going through something if you don't open up your mouth. But once you open up your mouth and you say to me, you say, Professor X, Y, and Z, now we can come up with some type of a game plan. I'm I'm about setting my students up for success. I'm not trying to be punitive. I'm not trying to make students suffer or anything like that. There's nothing in it for me, number one. And number two, human being to human being, I want to see my students be successful. So if you say to me, and this was definitely, this is a true story. I had a student who was in the middle of a domestic violence situation. Her significant other was doing everything in his power to keep her from being successful, her studies and getting her degree because he feared that if she got her degree, now she'd be able to walk away because now she has, you know, she she has a um, something in her corner. She has she has a bargaining chip, so to speak, right? So when she goes for jobs, she can, you know, I got my degree. So she finally she suffered in silence for for weeks, and then finally she came to me and she told me what was going on, and we came up with a game plan because. I wanted to see her succeed. She was fighting for her children. He was trying to take the kids away from her. He was keeping her up late at night so that she would be tired, so that she couldn't study for her tests and stuff. But once I knew that, once she shared that with me, now we could come up with a plan to help you be successful. And she got to be in that particular course. So sometimes students, students have, you know, like tell, tell your professors, right? For those folks that teach on a college level, tell your professors what you're going through. Don't keep it to yourself. Exactly. I, I, I love, like, when you said communicate is, is with that, that teacher, that professor, whoever you're, you know, but speak up. Like you can speak up as a student, speak up to somebody. Like it don't matter if it ain't your teacher, if it ain't your mom, let it be somebody that can help you. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, even as adults, we speak up, but we speak up to somebody that can't help us. Right. You gotta talk to somebody that can ever. It could be an old head in 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 the street, you know, around the corner. It could be somebody at the barbershop. Talk to somebody, like. And like you said, take time for yourself because I think a lot of kids, oh, I gotta be with my friends. I gotta uh, no, sit down, <laughs> sit down, chill. You know, because sometimes spending time with yourself is spending time with your family. You don't never see your family. Like mm. 
they kids take granted for their family, for their mom and their dad and their grannies, especially their grannies. Like kids don't really, I don't know, they it ain't the same. Like our, so, it's still some kids, grannies still raise them and help and there, but it's like your know, granny was important. Like, mm. like when you was like, you know, some kids, you know, um, and taking time for yourself, but speaking up, because I, so I remember I was uh, speaking at the detention center. And this is where, like, kind of you said, like, this is where I couldn't do too much of whatever. The kid told me his mom was on drugs, like cocaine. Like, she was, like, he's seen it. He's he's there. His face, it's, his, it's in his face. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I ain't never, I, ain't, I don't know nothing about that. But I'm going to see what I can do for you. Like, you know, and him speaking up and getting that out there, now somebody going to want to help you. You're a child. Nobody want to see you, you know, going through that so now somebody can help you because he spoke up because he felt comfortable around me and the people the other people in there and talking about it because sometimes mm-hmm. you speak up because you're in class somebody gonna make fun of you right yep guess what kids if you're listening or adults this i tell you tell this to you i tell this to my kid and my students all the time everybody ain't gonna like you everybody's not gonna like i tell people that everybody didn't like jesus <laughs> I mean, that, that let you know everybody ain't gonna like you. Everybody ain't gonna like what you do. Everybody ain't gonna like your hair color. Everybody ain't gonna like because you start dressing a certain way. They might not like you because you like such and such. Who cares? Because mm-hmm. guess what? Nobody cares. When at the end of the day, I just did a video today. Nobody cares really. They just got opinions to make you think that they care. They really don't mm-hmm. care. Because guess what? When we pass away, depending on what kind of legacy you left, you, they might talk about you for a month, maybe two. <laughs> that's right. But after, but after that, you know, you got your certain people, but yeah, that's it. That's so, it. I, so students, like, yeah, speak up. Talk to somebody. But take time for yourself, too. Like, you, you I, I don't think they understand that. And it's, uh, before I uh, have you give us a quote, it's so it's good. I love seeing little kids play by themselves. I love seeing my son have an imagination and he's he's having the time in his life, but it's him and his toys. And I and that's kids don't kids some kids don't get to be kids. Mm-hmm. And taking time for yourself is just be a kid. I don't care if you're seventeen, you're a kid. If you if you're ten, if you're four, if you're seven, you're still a kid. Be a kid. Absolutely. Have a kid, have a kid moment. Go to the amusement park, something. But uh, I have all my guests give me a quote. It's I call it the underdog quote. Um, it could be something you read, something you saw. It could be a quote you use, but something that can help somebody with their mental health. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, okay, I was. I wasn't really prepared for that. Like I, I, I would have did my homework. Um, it's a pop quiz, you know. Because <laughs> I'm really big on, you know, being prepared. That's I think that's the teacher in me. Yep. Uh huh. Um, let me see. What would I say? Okay. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, I don't want I don't want there to be too much dead time on your your podcast. Um, I, know, I, I 
can I definitely can handle it. Oh, okay. So this is good. I just I just pulled up a bunch of um, quotes that have to do with mental health, and um, the one I like is and the the author is unknown, but it's it's don't believe everything you think, right? Don't believe everything you think. And I really like that because sometimes in our minds, right, in our monkey minds, we think things, but they're not true, right? So do not believe everything you think. I think it's like real, you know, it's real simple, it's, it's to the point, because you could be thinking something that is totally not true something that has been fed to you by whomever. So I like that. I like that quote. Don't believe everything you think. Unknown yeah. source. Yeah, I, I, I definitely love that. Because <clears throat> sometimes you definitely think negative thoughts. You definitely think that stuff's going bad is going to happen. So don't don't believe everything you, you think. So how can... Um, People reach out to you. Um, I'm sure people, uh, especially educators, want to you know be able to highlight you, talk to you. How can people reach out to you? Okay, so um, my professional email address is l right Holmes h o l m e s at gmail dot com. Okay. Um, so L is lowercase. Everything is lowercase. Lhomes at gmail.com. That's my like my professional email. And also, um, I'm gonna be launching my very own podcast and YouTube channel at the end of the month. Um, so what I could do is because I'm just about ready to make it do what it do. So I don't want to like really give out any too much information. What I can do is I don't know when this is going to air, but by the time you get ready to air this, I can give you my information and you could put it in the show notes. All right. I got you. I got you. We don't want to, we don't want to put, pull the rabbit out the hat. Right. Right. Understand. So you can um, reach out to me at, underdog talk podcast at gmail if you got criticism if you got feedback good things bad things if you want to be on the show if you know somebody that you know would like to be on the show all social media is underdog talk podcast under yeah underdog talk podcast um that's all Facebook. one word underdog yep. talk underdog no 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 talk. so it, if you just put in well underdog and then put in talk so it's not only one word, it's just underdog. And underdog is spelled U-N-D-E-R-D-A-W-G. And then talk podcast. And you'll find that on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. And I will be having videos soon. That's one thing. By the end of the month, I will start doing video podcasts so y'all can see my lovely face. I am single, <laughs> I, I am, I am single lady. So if, you know, anyone... <laughs> In, in the New York, in the in New York, if you got some nieces or anything of that sort, um, you know, I like I definitely want to visit New York because of the fashion. Um, 
and eat some food, you know. So, anyways, just just you know, just throwing that out there in the air. Oh, but, uh, um, do you have any closing words before we get out of here? Um, do I have any closing? No. Um, I guess the only thing that I would say is that you know I think that conversations around mental health are so important, and so you know, thank you for bringing this to your platform and, you know, um, having conversations about stuff like this, especially, you know, as people of color, I think it's important that we destigmatize, you know, um, talking about mental health. So thank you. Well, thank you. Because like you said, the con- just a, we had a good conversation. Absolutely. Good conversation about mental health and being in education, and um, sometimes we don't sit down and have those conversations, or we sit down and have those conversations amongst ourselves and don't talk about it to where other people can hear, or like <clears throat> people could actually hear how we go through stuff. Mm-hmm. They really know, know we go through a lot. <laughs> we go through a, we go through a lot as educators, and especially it depends on the area, grade, and kind of kids and environment and all that. Oh uh, yeah, it could be like lean on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but again thank you for um being on reaching out and we i'm glad we got this done because we both uh, <laughs> <laughs> i know long story long story but thank, thanks for having me i appreciate it yep no problem and on that note peace one love